Welcome to the Brain Health Journey podcast with Brittany and Tish, where we talk about all things ADHD and other brain health related topics. And today we're going to be talking about something that many are familiar with, and that is emotional dysregulation. And so while, while most people know what that entails and what that is, I don't know if you have a little more um, detail to go into about exactly what we mean by emotional dysregulation. Yeah, I know. And first, I just want to say I'm thrilled to talk about this topic with you because we do, or at least I do get a lot of questions about emotional dysregulation and why it's associated with a lot of times with ADHD. So really what emotional dysregulation is, is just the impaired ability to control your emotion, emotional response. So you don't really give a, a, a normal response. It's, it's pretty, um, it, there's a lot of fuel and a lot of fire behind your emotions. Yeah. Um, so, and oftentimes with emotional dysregulation, this is a trait that's often overlooked with people with ADHD because it can mimic other medical conditions. For example, um, bipolar disorder, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, just to name a few. And so that was just a really brief definition of emotional dysregulation, but um, it's definitely a, a trait that I have struggled with and still do struggle with um, today. So yeah. And I hear a lot of other people with ADHD talk about this, like I said earlier, um, a lot too. So I feel like that in a nutshell, that's what ADHD is. Like it's about regulating our emotions. When you think about it, like when we talk about impulsivity and being hyperactive or getting emotional, getting upset, um, I mean, the li- you know, the list obviously goes on and on. It seems like that's what it comes down to is being able to regulate our emotions and regulate our thoughts and like think before we act. Right. And so this is very, this is very important. And I do think, I do think there is more awareness on this. And it seems like many doctors and just research in general are saying and realizing like this really is a crucial component of ADHD altogether. Right. Yeah. And there's so many things and I'm glad that they are starting to recognize that because they're, like I said earlier, there's so many things that typically can't, you know, they can get overlooked when we're talking about ADHD, but this one's really important because like you said, the impulsivity side of things, the, you know, hyperactivity side of things, when we're talking about impulsivity, that's road rage, just being impatient, standing in line, you can blurt out things that you don't mean to a loved one or a friend. And so, you know, it, it can cause some problems. It can cause some stress with you and the people around you. And so, you know, I think a lot about this topic and how our brains are, are made up. And so, there's a several different reasons why emotional dysregulation is connected to, um, you know, AD, having ADHD. But one of the main ones is really because our prefrontal cortex, which I find very interesting, and I'm still trying to learn and research all of the ins and outs of how our brains work, but the prefrontal cortex is underactive and weaker mm-hmm. in people who have ADHD. And that is one of the main things that it's responsible for is filtering emotions. And so if that's underactive or weak, what's filtering those out, you know, what's, what is filtering and what is giving that 
that kind of that aha you're not like don't don't be impatient waiting in line don't blurt out whatever you're you know saying to your friend that may not be so nice and you may hurt their feelings and not mean to do it and so I just find the whole thing so interesting of how our brains are so complex and they it is they are different um, than a neurotypical brain so absolutely and one part of it which I think a lot of us heard with um, the amygdala when that is like a little heightened and we're getting a emotional and upset and things are just intensified right I mean like it's like if we are mad we are mad right and so when that is just getting like very overactive and then we have that um, prefrontal cortex that's a little weakened to begin with it's like it's all emotion and not a lot of logic and I right. I want to reiterate I really want to say that this doesn't mean that what you are feeling is not valid because it is like what you are feeling is valid and we cannot control over how we feel in in every situation we just can't do that so when I say that like all logic goes out the window. I, first of all, I don't mean all logic, but what I mean is that it is a lot harder for us to regulate right. because of that weakened prefrontal cortex. And then you have like a physiological response, your heart rate goes up and your cortisol levels, you know, like certain hormones are getting released and, you know, you may start shaking, you may st get a headache. I know that when I get, um, I don't know about you, but so I suppose this would be like a sensory overload. Like when there is something really intense going on with me and when it's over, I'm exhausted. Right. And it's like my body and mind like just wants to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that, you know, there is just so many things that could cause us to not be able to really regulate our emotions. And the thing with me, when when I'm thinking about how I react to different things, it's almost like it's just a light switch that just flips. It is zero to a thousand. <laughs> in a split second. Yeah. Like there's no in between. I can go from, depending on the situation, I can go from being okay to either really mad or really sad. And there's just not a lot of lead up to that, to that point. And so that's something that I'm still trying to work on to this day because, you know, I, I want to be able to do a better job at coping and managing all the things that could trigger my emotions. And just like you said, you know, the sensory overload, I struggle with a lot. And that I know for a fact is one of the triggers for that could set me off um, either to be crying or just super mad, you know, if I have all these noises and lights and all this stuff coming at me and I'm starting to hit a wall and per se, like I'm hitting that burnout stage, I'm not going to be able to regulate my emotions very well. And so that's definitely something that, um, I have recognized in myself, um, as one of the triggers for that, but also I need to learn to be a little bit more patient. And that is one thing with my ADHD that I, have, you know, struggled with forever is that I'm just impatient. I don't like waiting yeah. my turn. I don't like <laughs> sitting in traffic. I don't like, like, I just, it just, I cannot do it. And inside I am boiling. I am just ready to run away, but on the outside, I look 
whole common collective. At least I hope I do. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre where it's like inside you're feeling something completely different, but like on the outside, when they're looking in, you seem like a completely different person. And I find that so interesting about us. Masking. Yes. We're masking. Yeah. Masking. It, yeah. And that will lead also to burnout, which also can lead to making your emotions a little bit more heightened, you know? And so, yeah, it, it's, it, there's so, I keep saying this in every single episode, but there's so many layers to this, ex, you know, especially this topic that it's just so interesting to me to think about all of the things that could cause us not to be able to really, um, think a logical about a situation and it could cause us to go to from zero to a hundred in a split second. And so, yeah, it, it really is an interesting topic. It is. And one thing that I was just thinking that I would like to point out something I noticed like a pattern within the ADHD community is how like the overthinking and the rumination can really get a hold of us. And then you know, then there's like self-blame and this guilt for whatever reason. It doesn't matter what it is. But when you're talking about the emotional dysregulation on top of like ruminating and feeling guilty about something and your thoughts spiral out of control, when we're talking about emotional dysregulation, like it, it can contribute to all of that as well. So again, it's like, it just seems like with ADHD, it's the emotional dysregulation that is, it just seems like that's the core. Like this is yeah. what, this is what just, you know, contributes to everything. Yes. It's a domino effect. It really is because we have the, <clears throat> some of us have the rejection sensitive dysphoria. We have the imposter syndrome. We have the, you know, impulsivity, the hyperactivity, the inattentive. And so all of those things collectively, depending on what type that you have. And again, what may, what I may experience, you may not, but it, it all plays into our emotions and how we're feeling. And another layer of all of this is, well, what do we do? How do we help this? How do we, we can't fix it. There's not a, there's not a cure for it, but how do we, how do we handle this? How do we cope with it? How do we manage it? And so I know that I've, you know, I've talked about this a couple of episodes, but just some basic things. Um, and also these basic things can also impact and affect some of the things we just talked about with rejection, sensitive dysphoria and imposter syndrome and all the things is, you know, finding healthy ways to reduce stress. Because I know if I am stressed, my ADHD traits are going to be a lot worse. And that is including the emotional side of it. And so um, I'm trying to do a better job with trying to find healthy ways of reducing stress. And one of the things that I've been trying to do is meditation, really. Um, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, which is a beautiful thing, because if it doesn't work, find something else or try it a different time. So another thing is physical activity. If you are, and that doesn't mean you have to go, you know, to a gym, it doesn't mean you have to go ride your bike, which is totally fine. If you do, that could be, you know, walking your dog, it could be anything. When you have that physical activity, it increases the dopamine in your brain. It really just boosts the mood overall. And it also helps you get rid of some of that hyperactivity you may be feeling 
internally or externally, which could feed into your emotions. And so um, physical activity is really important um, to, you know, try to incorporate into your daily routine. So that's another thing that I'm trying to do better at, um, making sure you're eating and drinking throughout the day, because if yeah. you're dehydrated or your sugar's low, that will most definitely make your emotions, uh, you, you make them worse. You'll be more sensitive to things and won't be able to, you know, regulate them. And also therapy is another thing for me. And so one thing that I have started to try to do is when I do find myself in a situation where I know my emotions have just gotten the best of me and I have said something I didn't mean, or I'm just fuming on the inside, I've started to try to identify what triggered that emotion and mm -hmm. write, write down, you know, this is what happened before I felt this way. This is how I was feeling in the moment. And then this is how I felt after I had either got through the mad spell or the sad spell or whatever it was that I was feeling in that moment. That way I can try to trend it, try to figure out, is there, what are the triggers here? Is there a trend to this? Is it, you know, a person that I'm around that's triggering this? Is it me going to the grocery store and that sensory overload? What exactly is causing this? And that has helped my therapist be able to try to unpeel some of these layers to get to the core of, okay, this is maybe one of the reasons why, you know, your emotions are getting the best of you. And so there's just a lot of factors that can play into that. So I think it's important to really be able to identify and feel, work your, work your way through that process, how you're feeling and then try to, you know, find ways to manage it and cope with that. Can't fix it, but at least try to cope with it. So, yeah. Right. And I thought of a couple examples for myself as you're talking through this. Um, so I know, I think I might've mentioned this in a previous episode, but you know, right before, like when we're PMSing women that can like, obviously we go through the sensory overload more, we get very irritable where we could even cry. Like we're just for a couple of days, we just feel like we are really about to lose it. And, you know, I, obviously I know I've identified that with myself and I know what's coming. And, you know, I've been honest with my kids and people can say that's weird, but I mean, there's been times where like, I, I'll snap at them for no reason. And it's like, they don't understand what the heck you know, right. I didn't do anything. And you know, what is, what is wrong? And, you know, so they think it's them, but it's really not them. Most of the time it's, it's me. And mm -hmm. so I, it's important for, for them to know that like, Hey, this is, this is what's going on. Um, you know, just so you know, and they know, like they, they automatically know like, Oh, you know, okay. You know, it's just, it's just that time, you know, and even with the boys, it's like, okay, well one day they're going to deal with it anyway. Yeah. They're going to have girlfriends. They're going to have their wives and daughters, and they're going to have to understand this stuff anyway. And right. so I really just, I don't know. Oh, I mean, first of all, I do during that time, I especially try to do certain things like, you know, like you said, with meditation, I try to like spend a little more time kind of being 
to myself and being mindful and maybe having something on YouTube that's a little calming, like mm -hmm. some calming music of some kind. So I'm still trying to do some things, but I guess like, I guess when you were talking about identifying, mm -hmm. it kind of made me think of that and like, just letting my family know, yeah, you know, what's coming. And, you know, if there are people that are getting to you, certain people, you know, I know the people pleasers in us, like a lot of us are chronic people pleasers, and this is really hard to do. But, you know, if there's that one person that is just really just gets you worked up for whatever reason, I mean, you know, kind of limit your exposure to them. And I've had to do that. And there are some people you are not going to be able to cut off for good. It's just not going to happen. And maybe you don't even want to do that, but you can limit your exposure in some ways, like one way or another. And so I've had to, I've had to do that with some people because yeah, they'll upset me. Yeah. <laughs> they'll hurt my feelings. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to do this. Like, hurting right. my feelings. And then I cry and I overthink and, you know, it's just like, I'm not doing this. And, you know, yeah. no, and I, I am right there with you. And it took a long time for me to get to that, to that, to that point in my life where I was, I felt confident enough um, in myself to be able to set those healthy boundaries and know when to try to disconnect myself from certain people, because your energy, and I think I'm, I might have mentioned this in a in a previous episode, but your energy is so important, and protecting that energy um, is is really crucial, especially for people who are neurodivergent, because we struggle so much as it is, and our energy is just to me. I know this sounds silly and fluffy and all the stuff, but it's precious, and sometimes you have to make those hard decisions on, like you said, maybe not cutting people completely out of your life, but be, but putting some space and those boundaries, those healthy boundaries in between you and somebody that may be triggering those thoughts of sadness and anger and all the things that they may make you feel. And so yeah. I think it's really important to give yourself, you know, be patient with yourself when you're going through that process of trying to figure out, okay, I'm, I'm starting to see patterns here how do I need to handle this situation? Be patient with yourself when you're going through that process, because it's not easy. It is absolutely not easy. So yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, and to kind of come back to like the physiological response that I was talking about, you know, sometimes, sometimes it can be like a switch that's flipped, but sometimes we can feel it long before, like we're actually feeling like we're going to lose it. Right. And we just, we keep it together. We keep it together while also not doing anything to help ourselves. And so I do want to point that out, like tune into your physical symptoms, mm -hmm. not like when that's not when like that tidal wave is finally coming in, but you know, maybe pay attention before that, like what's happening a little before that that yeah. is leading up to that tidal wave coming at you. And I mean, what is it that you need to do for yourself? Is it music? Some people love their essential oils. They swear by them. Right. Some people just need to go outside. Some people need to, I mean, just sit and watch a TV show. Like what is it that, what is it that you need to do in that moment to kind of ground yourself? 
right before that tidal wave hits you because once that tidal wave hits you then it's oh like it's over <laughs> it is it is it is done I mean there's no going back once that feeling of and it's a part of me was like that oh shit moment of there's no going back from this at all. Like I've done the damage and now I've made an ass out of myself for whatever yeah. reason it may be. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, exactly what you said. And I'm trying not to get to those points because they're so hard. It is so hard. And I have definitely been known to make an ass out of myself. And uh, I say, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to get pushed to that point again. And, you know, it all sometimes so somehow always ends up happening anyway. And so anyway, it's just part, it's just part of it. It's, it really is. We call it a journey for a reason. It, it this doesn't, it's not going to get fixed overnight. It's not, it's a process. This is why we need community. This is why we constantly learn and educate ourselves and listen to other people's stories. It's because it's a journey. It's a lifelong thing. And it's, it's just, it's not going to go away overnight. I mean, it's really never going to go away. Right. Right. But yeah. I mean, you improve slowly over time. Yeah, it is a journey. And I am just so thankful that we, I found you, I found this amazing oh. community of people who are understanding and loving and all of the things that they just are here to support. And we're here to learn from each other and so yeah, yeah, it's I love it. Me too. Me too. So well, thank you so much for having this discussion. I think that talking about it is definitely going to help not only me and you, but hopefully other people not to feel like they're alone in this and have a little bit of a better understanding of okay, why am I feeling this way? And so um, but yeah, thank you so much for having this conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Tish. As always, I appreciate you. And I just love having these discussions with you. And I love hearing the feedback from others, actually. Yeah. Sometimes we get comments or messages. And, you know, this brings me to my last point. For anyone that is listening, feel free to give us a rating and let us know how we're doing, you know, good or bad, because we're always looking to improve and we love your feedback. So if you would like to give us a quick rating, to let us know how we're doing. That would be great. And yeah, Tish, again, thank you so much. Thank you. And always appreciate you. And thank you for this discussion. And until the next episode. Yeah, same to you until the next episode.